Hello and welcome to episode 270 of SMARTS, which as you know stands for Speedster's Mirror Adversary Restrains Tenacious Spouse. Ooh, or Scarlet Magical Avenger Remorsefully Terminates Spell. Oh, that's a good one. I am your host, Julia Gulia of Internet Fame, Dash Podcaster. And with me, as always, is Trevor, a.k.a. Rudiger Q Podcaster. Hello. Hi. So we have a little bit of news this week. Later on. Uh, mostly some DC news. So coming off the heels of the Infinite Frontier number zero special that we read this week, uh-huh. that sort of set up all the different characters and storylines for the Infinite Frontier relaunch, uh, comes the news that, perhaps not surprisingly, given that it's Infinite Frontier number zero, there will be an Infinite Frontier number one. So Joshua Williamson, the writer of this special, is going to be doing an Infinite Frontier miniseries this summer, which is a big uh, event miniseries, mm-hmm. which is going to pick up some of the threads from this book, like Barry Allen going off to work with the multiverse-spanning Justice Incarnate, and Alan Scott going to work with the Totality, which is the group we saw being formed at the end of Death Metal with heroes and villains alike working to oversee this new multiverse and how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. It's going to follow some of those those threads into that and have a big story. So Barry Allen's going to play a big role in that as well as Justice Incarnate. So President Superman, Captain Carrot, all those characters, Alan Scott's going to be there. So it's going to follow, take those threads and tell a big story there. So that's going to be the big summer event book. It's going to be a mini series, I think six issues written by him. Um, So we have that to look forward to in just a few months. I am looking forward to it. And the other thing that we, uh, that got announced this week is a new Supergirl series. So this is not an ongoing series. Um, It's, I think an eight issue mini series, but it's going to be written by Tom King, um, who obviously were a big fan fan (laughs) of. Yeah. With art by, I heard of him. Probably going to butcher her name, but Bilquis Evely is probably, would be my guess at how to, Bilquis? Bilkey? Bilkey? I'm not sure. Like I'm Marquis de Sade? I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe. Um, who obviously did the art on the, uh, not this current Dreaming Waking Hours, but the previous yep. The Dreaming mm-hmm. series, as well as did some art with Greg Rucka on Wonder Woman and a few other things. She did um, a short story in something we read in the... Um, yeah, she wrote and drew a story a Batman. in the Batman Black and yeah. White issue we read yesterday. It was very um, good. What what uh, what sold me as if I as if that creative team wasn't enough. What sold me on this is is Tom King saying that it's going to be in the vein of his Superman Up in the Sky series, which is Ooh. like okay, you know, sold because <laughs> cool. that's like one, in. Of, <laughs> one of the best Superman stories ever, you know, just from a year or two ago. So, and actually, the premise sounds quite similar. Is that she's, um, she she well, I guess it's a little different, but it's kind of it's similar in as much as like it's her going off into space and and encountering various obstacles. It's not like her fighting some villain on Earth or whatever, but she befriends some alien girl and has to help her and with some quest in space or whatever. So and it shows her with this big golden weapon on the yeah. cover. So Supergirl, uh, Woman of Tomorrow, I think mm-hmm. is what it's called. Um, so that comes out in just a couple months. That starts. That's exciting. So he's got a pretty full plate. So we've got uh, Strange Adventures, which only has a few issues left. Batman, Catwoman, which is only a few issues in. Mm-hmm. So has, that has like eight or nine issues left. Uh, Rorschach, which is half done. And now this. So he's got a lot. Got a lot coming out. And that's in addition to working on the New Gods movie with uh, Ava DuVernay. So it's got a lot, a lot of irons in the fire. Beautiful. Yeah. Writing. Uh, all I can say is that if you were an artist, this would be an impossible task. But writing is a lot easier than drawing in terms of the speed at which you create things yeah well the some some of these big writers only tend to do like one or maybe two books but i think that the most you can generally hope for is four seems to be like the maximum because that's generally i would say the average for a writer who's used to writing monthly superhero comics week in week out is an issue a week Mm -hmm. roughly Mm -hmm. so you can do four if that's like all you're doing right yeah and that's it for our news (sighs) Good bit of news. So what was your comic of the week? Um, My comic of the week 
Wait, I can't remember. It was The Dreaming Waking Hours number eight. Yay! Good. We were just talking about this, too. Um, Different artist, right? Not Bilky ever. (laughs) Bilky Bilky ever. Bilky Everest. What's her name? Everly? (laughs) Bilquis Everly. Everly. And I'm only guessing about the pronunciation of that first name, but... Okay, well... um, no, she didn't do the art for this, right? Correct. Okay. Well, she did the art for the previous one, and it was very good. It's very memorable. But anyway, I'm sorry to bring that up. I just really wanted to memorize her name because she really is a fantastic artist. Anyway, um, no, the, this issue of The Dreaming was really, really good. It was interesting because it bounces off of where we were last time where... I'm going to have to memorize this blonde woman's name. Um, the, the One of the Heather. protests... Okay, Heather, yes. So she was helping them... She was helping Ruin and the Fallen Angel, whose name I can't, also can't remember. Jophiel, I think. Right, Joe. Okay, he goes by Joe, but it's Jophiel. Okay, yeah. Um, it was very good. Um, last issue, and she almost died as a result of it and had to call in some Constantine guns to help her get out of a sticky pickle with a, with a fey folk who cut her with a never bleed, never, never, like ever bleeding blade or something. Um Anyway, she got out of that <laughs> that situation, and then she's helping them find um, Ruin's dream man, <laughs> um, literally and figuratively, uh, by proposing that they actually go to the land of the Fae to uh, look for this person, because maybe if somebody so magical exists, then they might not be a human after all. And that's an interesting thought. I, I feel like part of it is like what could be wild goose chase, but at the same time, it's such a fun adventure. And then the two of them get wrapped up, but because by the by the Fae, which is predictable, and Joe is left alone because they kind of wander off with the two people that he was with, um, and he doesn't know what to do about that. So that's going to be an interesting place to pick up from last time how he gets them out of that situation out of that trap i love it i love it all i love the world building in this i love the um the danger in something so beautiful and i like the idea that at the same time this dream person left the clergy because he was a priest um but he was haunted by this dream that he had a reoccurring dream of ruin um, which was kind of partly nightmare, right? But he couldn't shake it anyway. So he's on the hunt for this person as well. Or at least he left because of this person. He doesn't know if this person actually exists, which is an interesting and complex um, place to be for somebody that's like a normal human being. You know, you leave, you, you leave the life you know, you leave the career path you chose because of a dream. That's a pretty profound statement you know an event so i'm really interested in his story as well so we're getting to meet just a few people on his side as well and i hope of course we hope that to see them united and see what happens there so that'll be interesting that's i like this i like this theory uh story and this um comic very much what about Mm -hmm. you what did you pick so I picked Infinite Frontier number zero. Nice choice. Um, I, mean, <laughs> I was it, hoping you would so we could talk about it. It was very good. Well, it was a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff packed in here. I mean, yeah. there were there were eight or ten different stories. There's a a really nice little short. Uh, I was written by Josh. The whole thing's written by Joshua Williamson. Although I, I imagine there's a lot of input from the people that are going to be writing these, respective, like James Tiny and almost certainly like. Um, no, wait. It's they're written. No, they're written by. No, he didn't. He wrote the framing sequence, but yeah. each the the. Um, 
the individual the stories, stories, like the Je- Jeff Johns wrote the Star Girl one, James Tynion wrote the uh, Joker Attack on Arkham Asylum one. Um, James Tynion, I believe, also wrote the Alan Scott one, um, and so on and so forth from there. Uh, the the new Wonder Woman creative team wrote some of the the Wonder Woman stuff. Um, the um, Philip Kennedy Johnson wrote the Superman Superboy stuff. Uh, yeah, but it was really good. So I mean, we got a lot. There's a lot of really nice character moments in here. There's a great moment between Alan Scott and his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the the inciting incident here with the Joker attacking Arkham Asylum and seemingly killing Bane is like this big inciting incident that sets off a lot of stuff happening, not just in in um, in the main Batman book, but also in this new Joker series, which is going to be spinning out of this, where he's public enemy number one now because of this. We're seeing how it's also having ripple effects, even as far as like Suicide Squad number one. Yep. We're seeing it, it also play out in so, sort of from a different angle there. So that's a big inciting incident. The stuff with Barry Allen leaving to join Justice Incarnate and leaving Wally West as the main Flash to protect Earth. Um, that's setting up some interesting stuff. It's Wally West is going to be the main character in a, a Flash book for the first time in like 10 or 12 years. Um, yeah, the stuff between Superman and Superboy is, is interesting, setting up some stuff for, for Action Comics and Superman. Um, trying to think of what else. I mean, the framing sequence with Wonder Woman and, and her being given the choice, basically being shepherded around by the Spectre, you know, Kingdom Come style, mm-hmm. seeing what's happening in, in the lives of her friends because she she has this, this sinking feeling that despite everything they accomplished at the end of Death Metal, there's going to be some terrible cost. It's going to be exhausted, yeah. exacted. Um, but she's being given the choice to be elevated and join the quintessence. Um, by the end, she declines because she says, oh, you know, now that there's all these infinite possibilities out there again, how could I how could I not want to go out and be a part of them and explore that? So she she refuses. And then we see the quintessence guarding some terrible thing that they've been imprisoned on this Earth Omega, this one of the two new keystones. Something just lightly mentioned yeah. in the Flash uh, story. Right, one of the two new... Uh, Earth that's at the center of this new infinite multiverse. There's this new Earth called Elseworld, and then there's this Earth Omega. Yeah. And they're standing there being like, well, it's a good thing that we certainly imprisoned that ultimate evil and nothing bad's ever going to happen again. Then right. Darkseid seemingly shows up and kills them all. And the the reason why, you know, the what what Joshua Williamson has said is that the reason why this, this version, of course, everybody says this. Grant Morrison said the same thing 15 years ago for Final Crisis. But nevertheless, the reason why supposedly this new version of Darkseid is more dangerous than all the others is because after everything that happened at the end of Death Metal, with all continuity being restored and everybody getting, getting their memories back, this version of Darkseid has the combined knowledge and power of all versions oh. of Darkseid. So he's supposed to be like the ultimate version he's of Darkseid. He's the Earth threat. Yeah, so, as soon as Barry Allen, uh, the only thing I can link to that that I'm proud of is that as soon as Barry Allen said, "Oh, that's Earth Omega," and it looks all dark and gray, well, I was everybody like, was suspecting <laughs> that that would have to do with Dark Side. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing is, is there's a little. I think it's only a couple of pages, but there's a little Green Arrow, Black Canary thing that's nice. Oh, cute. Um, yeah. That uh, that actually brings back the Roy Harper character. They've said that at the end of Death Metal, you know, with with everything everything being in continuity again, but also the multiverse being kind of reset that perhaps some characters that were dead are now back to life just yeah. because the universe is new again. And so he's seemingly one of those. So we all knew, um, we all knew after heroes and after he was killed in heroes in crisis, that, that it wasn't going to stay, it, you know, that's the kind of death that's yeah. going to last for a couple of years before they find some way to bring him back. If there's a big continuity reset coming up, then that's the obvious out to use that for. 
Um, a fun little Jeff John story with Stargirl that sets up the Seven Soldiers of Victory so potentially warm. coming. By the coming way, back. you could see the ties with the show too. It had it, it yes. had the same spirit. I mean, with the- I that I was a little put off by the fact that I mean I understand why, but he's really like he's really writing this to the status quo of the show, despite the fact that if everything is back in continuity now, she should really be. She should she should have moved beyond this now. Like she should be in college or something by now. Oh. She was she was she was way past the you know oh late for school high school girl thing that she kind of is on the TV show a little bit because she's just starting out. She's got years and years of experience now. If all of the if all of his previous JSA runs are back oh, in continuity, so it mean. felt a little diminishing to the character to be. It'd be like if you were writing Wally West now and you were writing him as like the the the. The, the sort of like the right, goof, goofy like going wo- back to his origin the goofy story. womanizer that he was when he was a, a teenager like on young justice right instead of the mature family man and hero that he is now you know it, it would feel a little reductive to the character even mm-hmm. if that's the version that a mainstream audience is now familiar with that's not who the character should be anymore if everything is back in continuity but i understand why because yeah. reading this book is probably going to be a lot of people who saw her on the show yes now this is going to be their first introduction to her yes. in the comics yes. if you're playing her, her as a mature leader and like a 20 something People right. are going to be like, what, is Whoa, this what? even the same what character? Happened? So yeah. I can understand why you want it. It's not like she was explicitly aged up in his run, but she'd been through so much that yeah. this felt like he was writing her younger again to me. But I can kind of understand why you would want to do yeah. that. This is a, I think there was a good strategy behind it. I agree. Yeah. I can understand why they would want to play to the people who are watching the shows, but it, it did feel a little, it, it, it threw me for a little bit of a loop. Anyway, but this is, this was a really good issue. It set up a lot of stuff. The writing and the art was really good in all the different stories. I, I always like these big, um, kicking off a new era stories where it touches on a whole bunch of aspects of the universe and sets up all sorts of crazy concepts like yeah. the quintessence being dead and Earth Omega and Justice Incarnate and the totality and all this stuff being out. There's a lot of new interesting sort of toys to play with and I'm looking forward to seeing how they yep. how they go forward. Yeah, because the only other issue that I read that was like this that kicked off a new era of comics was pretty much when I started reading comics. It was... Um, yeah, was it? it was the D- the DC Rebirth number one, rebirth. the Rebirth special. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and you in were fact, so looking forward to it. I remember. <laughs> and in fact, Joshua Williamson said that he wanted this to be a bookend to that. That that mm-hmm. that began Wally West's reintegration into the DC universe, and this cemented it by making him the the one fla- the one true Flash again. You know, like yeah. this is he's it's been a long road for him mm-hmm. from like he he comes back, but he's still like he's too young and. He doesn't remember his kids and his wife doesn't remember him and yeah. only a few heroes even remember him. And, you know, yeah. then he, he gradually gets all those things back. He gets a new costume. He becomes the Flash again. Barry remembers him. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets his wife back. He gets his eventually gets his kids back. But then he goes through the whole thing in Heroes in Crisis With where he accidentally kills, a, kills oh. a bunch of people and then he's Heroes in prison. In yep. And then he goes through the Flash Forward miniseries yep. where, he's in, where he hangs out with the Tempest Fugenaut and then he gets the Dr. Manhattan powers. It's been a whole weird arc for him but now they wanted to say okay this began six or seven years ago with rebirth and now he's back you know yep. the entire flash family is back everybody remembers him his continuity is back he's the flash again he has his wife he has his kids it's just <laughs> we finally gotten him back to where he was seven or eight years ago and right. now we can you know now yep. we can tell more stories with him in the flash book and i'm okay with i'm okay with it it being his kind of like with the Green Lantern stuff where sometimes you pick up a book called Green Lantern and it's about Hal Jordan. Other yeah. times it's about Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, right. right? If there's if there's only going to be, I mean, ideally there would be multiple Flash books. There'd be multiple, multiple Green Lantern books, but the market can't sustain that right now. And you could, I guess, do a backup story or something, but then that, that would be diminishing too. It's like, okay, if you're only going to have one Flash book, sometimes it's going to be Barry Allen, sometimes it's going to be Wally West. That's fine with me. Just like, 
you know, Green Lantern book is sometimes going to be Hal Jordan, sometimes. And now the new Green Lantern book in Infinite Frontier is going to be mostly Jon Stewart, Simon Baz, and, uh, and Teen Lantern and Joe, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be all about the newer lanterns being sort of trained by Jon Stewart. And Hal, I guess, is going to be off doing whatever. Hal and Kyle and Guy are off protecting Earth or whatever, and it's going to be them on Oa. Um, so that's fine. Like, there's a rotating cast, and everybody kind of gets their time in the, the sun eventually, which is fine. It's certainly Wally's, Wally's due after, after everything he's been through for the past, you know, like it's been how long since Rebirth started? Five or six years since Rebirth started, since you've been reading comics. And then before that, we had the four or five years of the New 52 where he didn't even exist, really, yeah. right? So it's been since the New 52 started about 10 years ago that he was the star of a book called The Flash, right? Even before that, Barry Allen was back. And he was relegated to occasional guest star. It hasn't so it hasn't been since the end of his his own ongoing series before Jeff Johns did Flash Rebirth. So it's been more like 12, 13 years since he's been it's been almost a decade and a half since he's been the main Flash in a Flash title. So it's been a long time, you yeah. know. Not as long as it's been since Kyle Rayner was the the main Green Lantern in the Green Lantern title, mind you, but it's been pretty long. Hmm. Um so I enjoy I'll, I enjoy seeing that too. And the writer, like we said, the writer of the new Flash series is the guy who did the um uh, future Black Adam, uh, Gold Beetle, you know, oh, that was uh, story in the in the Future State book. So I'm so on the strength of that, I think he's hopefully going to do a good job with this too. And that's uh, yeah. So that's all I want to say about that one. Should <laughs> nice. we move on to our activity? I'm ready. Okay. So I thought we would continue our rating of the MCU supporting characters. So I've got mm-hmm. five more MCU supporting characters here. Okay. So we'll see how many of these get fives from you. Okay. okay. All right. Number one, the ancient one, Tilda Swinton. I really like them. I. I- think it's important to use that pronoun for that character because i don't think they identify one way or another um everyone else in the in the movie refers to her as a she though like mordo really? who would be in a position to know what pronouns she would prefer calls her a she yeah yeah okay so maybe she um it's yeah no mm, oh, it's tough because originally a lot of a lot of guff was in the press about um, the fact that the ancient one in the comics was an Asian man. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't really win. I mean, if you make it an old mystical Fu Manchu mustache Asian man, then, then you the, you're, the... You've got, you're making it a stereotype. But right. if you change, if you change it to something else, then you're erasing Asian characters, you know, so you can't, right. you can't really win there. So, but I'm, I'm not sure, but that probably doesn't actually have that much bearing on how good the no, the character is. The character them um uh, uh, herself is um I I really enjoyed her in all the movies and all of her appearances in in the movies. Especially I really liked her like two second cameo conversation with Bruce Banner on the rooftop five years before Stephen Strange was even a thing. Um when they went back in time for the time stone and she was still in charge of it. Um, I really, I love that conversation that they had. Um, she's just a powerful force. She's really got a presence on screen, and I really like the actress. Um, and I love the character, too. Like, she she really, I don't know, it's just there's strength and wisdom and power. And I don't know, it's just really alluring presence when she's on screen. It's a very, very strong character. So I'm going to say five. Okay, what about uh, what about Dr. Eric Selvig? Oh, he's a tricky guy because he has a lot of warmth and his presence is 
funny in some parts when it's supposed to be funny and confused when it's supposed to be confused but I don't really get a lot of understanding of who he is besides the fact that he's really into science um so I'm gonna say three just because I don't think they give him a lot of character development or depth in his few short appearances. He actually appears in the films, if I'm not mistaken, more than the ancient one, but doesn't make such an impact as the ancient one does. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think guess... we know more about him than we know about her. I mean, we well, know that he see, was old friends with doesn't... Jane Foster's father and that he and that he's looking after her after, after he died. And yeah, like he's got this scientific background, but then there's the whole thing with him being taken over by Loki and him trying to recover from that and have like lingering psych- psychological see, issues in the second of, Thor yeah, movie. Yeah, but there you go. But they, they don't Which really spend a lot of time. Which was mostly played for comedy. Right, exactly. And they don't really spend a lot of time, um, I don't know, spend a lot of time on, I mean, they're not supposed to, right? It's not a, about his trauma and recovering from that sort of body snatchers experience um, for that. But... Uh, when he's on screen, it's more like he's kind of a tool to progress the story versus when Tilda Swinton is on screen, she's like an, a, a valuable instrument and something really important to the story. Do you know Do you know what I mean? So I think character-wise, and there's no, nothing against the actor, and they, they did, did a good job, but he serves the function that he serves. But, I mean, in terms of character, I think I'm going to have to stick with my three. What okay. about you? I think I'd give him a four. I always really like like the 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 befuddled fatherly scientist characters yeah. and his sort of his sort of growing respect for Thor in the first movie. You know where he doesn't trust him at first and he thinks yeah, he's just trying to there, yeah. get with Jane. And then they have that nice scene in the bar where they drink together and then they come home both drunk. And... <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Oh wait, what was it? We we danced, we drank, we did our ancestors proud. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. That was a fun line. <laughs> what about uh, what? Ab- wait, did you rate the ancient one? Yeah, I guess I'd say four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what about Howard Stark? This is an interesting one because you've oh. got basically two—you've almost have two different characters, right? I you've know. got the—you've got the young Dominic Cooper, yeah. Howard Stark from Captain America, and then like his subsequent TV appearances, whether those are canon or not. And then you've got the older John Slattery version from, you know, various flashbacks in the Iron Man movies to flashbacks to his death in Civil War to um, him yeah. being there when. A lot of a lot of little things. Him being there when Hank Pym quits at the beginning of the the, the yeah. past sequence in Ant Man, yep. um, then the the lovely sequence in Endgame where he actually meets Tony when Tony goes back to get one of the Infinity Stones yep. from the military base while his wife is pregnant with yeah. Tony. <laughs> yeah. Probably his longest his longest appearance. Probably the most screen time he actually had was in was in Endgame. Yeah, that's true. Um, he was just in a short, a few like film reels that Tony dug up in Iron Man Two, and that's where that started. And then he just right. had made made small appearances here and there after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They they must have had a broader plan to cast such a good actor for it. I think the actor was really good, and I mean both of them, both of the actors are really good, especially since Dominic, what's his name? Dominic Cooper. Cooper um, portrays him at a younger, more brash time in his life, and then you've got the other guy. <laughs> What's his John name? Slattery. John Slattery, um, a more, I don't know, cemented version of the character. Um, somebody who's more experienced and more sure of themselves. But like they, they really do feel like of a piece. They really do feel like one and the same. The the intellect is what ties them together, even though the personality changes over time, which is a brilliant take on the character. That's some good writing and some good casting too. I gotta say five. They really did a good job with this character. What about you? Yeah, I guess I'd say four. 
Yeah, four. I really like What them. does it take for you to give a five? I, like, I, think, I, guess some, I think I gave some fives in the past. Mm, okay. <laughs> what about Janet Van Dyne? So Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Hank Pym's wife in the Ant-Man movies. Or movie, I suppose, because she really only appeared. In we really one. only saw her in Ant-Man and the Wasp, although she had a quick cameo in, in Endgame also at the funeral. But we're really just talking about the one movie, I suppose, Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp, as far as her character is concerned. Yes. I think just because we haven't seen enough of her, I really like what they did with the character. Um, Character-wise, it's important to describe and show how the other characters feel about the character. It tells you, it informs who that person is. And then to have that meeting align with everything you... Uh, guests so far, <laughs> including um, including when she took over um, Ant-Man's body, uh, which was so great, by the way. How wonderful is, um, oh my God, Ant-Man, what's his name? Oh, I love him to pieces and I can't remember his name. What's his name? Paul Rudd. Thank you, Paul Rudd. My God, I'm so bad. Celery Man is what I almost said. And you should look that up for those of you who haven't seen that. <laughs> Eric and Tim did do good work. Um I have to show you Celery Man again, by the way. Sorry, okay. a little <laughs> a little side note. Um, Paul Rudd is awesome. And to have him portray Michelle Pfeiffer's um, uh, version of Jane. Yeah, it was great. Um, sorry, not Jane. What's her name? Janet. Janet. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. My brain. No worky today. But anyway, I'm going to say I'm going to stop all this blathering and just tell you that I'm going to say four. Just because we haven't seen enough of her. But it was such a strong foot forward from everything that we did see including everything that we learned about how the characters miss her and feel about her and all that stuff so what about you what's your rating yeah three i suppose just because yeah we haven't gotten a lot of her yet i'm sure we're going to see a lot more of her in the third ant-man movie yeah she's going to be a major character there yeah Mm -hmm. um so uh, last one for this time korg so this is taika waititi's Five, rock, five, rock five, alien. Five. I have talked about this character to my friends at length because he's just so good. <laughs> yeah, five, five. What do you want from me? I don't know. Yeah, I think this is going to be a five for me too. <laughs> I mean, nice. It seems like it should get old, but know? it doesn't. Like it seems like it should be a one-note <laughs> thing that oh, he's soft-spoken and polite. Just even hilarious. though he looks like this giant rock yeah. monster, but it it just it never stops being funny. It like, just doesn't. I think so everybody. Wonderful. I think everybody cheered when he showed up in Avengers Endgame. Like yeah. everybody wants to see more of this character. I'm sure he's going to be in the new Thor movie also. Probably. Um, he's one. Of, he's one of the uh, core friends. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, thank you for putting that on the list. Oh God. So should we move on to our shows? Yes, I'm ready. So we have the second episode of Superman and Lois. We have the season premiere of The Flash. We have another episode of Black Lightning, and then we have the final couple of episodes of Wandavision. Okay. So Superman and Lois, this one was called Heritage. Mm. Um, yeah, I continue to really enjoy this show. So the plot moved forward in, in some ways as far as this new Captain Luther character who is now obviously a multiversal refugee after the crisis in the same way that the second Beth was on Batwoman or the various other Brainiac 5 personalities were for a hot minute on Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemingly comes from an Earth where one of the many, many Earths where Superman wore a dark suit and... and fries people with his heat vision and is an evil dictator. This seems like that happens a lot. Um, yeah. He he no and points. he and uh, Sam Lane were apparently close comrades there, and they had these dog tags, and they have this saying to Helen back, you know, how far they would go to take Superman down, apparently. We don't know how this 
version of him ended up here, but I guess there doesn't need to be a story there. I mean, no. it's not like the alternate Beth did anything special to end up on Earth Prime after the crisis. It's just some it fell between the cracks, I guess. Yep. So it could have been anybody, and it just happened to be him. He's here. He's got, but he's got a ship too. So it's. I wonder if there is more of a story there because it's not like Beth came with her car, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there is more of a story there. Um, he goes. He he goes to a lot of trouble to get to the Earth Prime General Lane to give him this thing. He's obviously hoping to create some sort of connection here and win him over to his side. Yeah. I feel like he'd have to go pretty far, though, given that this this General Lane is like part of an, the inner circle of the Superman family, yeah. you know, like and seemingly has been for who knows, but over a decade, But we see that he perhaps. planted some seed of doubt in his mind when he, when uh, Lane is looking at the dog tags at the end of the last episode. Yeah, like You but, see that there's something that yeah, he's but these thinking are, about. These are all issues. Like, yeah, I'm sure that most versions of Sam Lane feels this exact same way when Superman first shows up. But it's been, he said that on his, on Lois and Clark's wedding day, he swore that everything he would do would be to protect their family, right? Yeah. yeah. And the kids are, are 14. So that was a decade, at least a decade and a half ago, yeah. he's been he's been a core part of the family and working. Like it's not like a, this guy could come, this guy, this stranger, blowing up his men yeah. could show up and say, "Oh, have you considered the fact that Superman might actually be evil?" He's like, "Hmm, I never thought of that before." No, yeah. he's. I would have to imagine, like it would seem pretty weak writing if this version of Sam Lane hadn't worked through those issues a long, long time ago. You know, like yep. when he says, "I'm only keeping the kryptonite." To protect you yeah we're not we supposed to fully it. well i'm not sure we're ever supposed to fully, like yeah he he probably always considers the fact that he could go too far and would have to be stopped that yep. doesn't mean he doesn't that doesn't mean he would turn on him preemptively i would like right. to think that this version of him is past that now but yeah he always being the guy that he is he'd be like well anything can happen he could be it's the same thing that they always the excuse they always try to in the comics well even if he's a good guy and he trusts him he could be controlled by some alien entity right, exactly. he could be brainwashed he yep. could be right so you need to be able to stop him it's the whole tower of babel batman has to have the kryptonite in his utility belt yep. argument right yep or the ring in the bat cave um so i'm interested in seeing where all that goes there's more stuff between um Jonathan and Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. They're fit them fitting in at school a little bit. There's a lovely scene at the end. There's a lot of great scenes actually where Superman takes him to the fortress and we meet this this version of Jor-El, which we've never seen before. We've never seen the CW version of Jor-El before, even mm -hmm. on Supergirl. Um, he runs the tests on Jordan. Jor Jordan's super thrilled to be there and learn about his heritage. There's a great scene where Clark bring, brings him back to the farm and is so giddy, runs up and hugs Lois because he finally made, like, made a yeah. connection to his son for the first time in who knows how many years, right? Um, but we get the sad news from a certain perspective that his cells just don't have like the the light-absorbing same potential that his father's does. Like It's taken him probably his whole life to store up enough energy to do the one or two things that he did in the pilot. Right. And that might be all he's capable of for another 14 years, right? So right. he might be a little stronger, a little tougher. But we're talking about like, you know, Captain America. We're not talking about Superman, right? Like right. He, he might be like peak human, but he's not superhuman, really. Right. Um, so he's let down by this at first. And then we have that great scene between him and Jonathan at the end where Jonathan's like, look, I've known you our whole, obviously I've known you our whole lives. I know you better than anybody ever since that, that moment in the bar. And there has been something different about you. It's like something in you is, is new and different mm -hmm. and and more and powerful and growing yeah. now and i want to help you explore that and you know if if it does if even if we're the only two people on this page yeah. that believe in that then that you've got me in your corner yeah. and that's I so good. i think i think that's going to be the that's going to be the the emotional center of the show is probably going to be the those sort of brother, brotherly so moments good. between them yeah. so good 
I'm so glad that they're not writing them at odds with each other because it's so nice to see siblings getting along. Well, I, I read an interview with the, the actor who plays Jordan and, and he, he was um, a little afraid when he first sort of got the description of the character that it would be, oh, here's right. here's the jock and then here's like the... Here's the nerd. Here's the, the, awkward. the awkward, socially withdrawn nerd, right? And he was he was thankful to see that there's a lot more shading to both of them and then their relationship is not, you know, mm-hmm. not that, that easy to, to pin down either. Jordan's clever. Jordan's got, like I said on last show or the show before that, what, like, he's he's got a lot of Lois in him and it's so nice to see those clever wheels turning and I'm excited to explore that as well. And and he said in the interview too it's like yeah, he and his father haven't really clicked in a while and the family is, you know, as we see in the pilot, right? And the family is sort of in a weird frayed state. In in, in between state because sure. Clark isn't around very much and they don't know why yada yada yada. But he says it's important to remember that there's these are still good kids. Like they're good kids at heart. They were raised by Lois and Clark, yeah. right? They're not going to turn out to be bad seeds, no. you know? Yeah. So they might have their issues and they might have their 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 moments of drama or whatever, but they're they're never you should never suspect that they're going to, you know, that they're mm-hmm. not all going to come back together because that's, you know, it would be impossible really for Lois and Clark to raise, you know, some evil kid, right? Like right. it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um the other the other main story we have here is everything Lois is doing, right? So she goes to the the town hall meeting to cover Morgan Edge's appearance. Yep. She sort of raises his hackles there and and sort of gets and some gets side the eyes. Town, oh my God, that's she meets she yeah, meets Morgan. Um, the way Morgan sliced her argument up and th- basically threatened the well being of the yeah, town. Yeah, very transparently the tried to turn the ten, the, the to favor town of the town again, against, against her. her. Yeah, yeah and that was pre- pretty transparent. Yeah, but it worked for some because you know then you got you got the scene at the barbecue later. Yeah, well, even but I mean I like but I like the scene at the barbecue too with yeah, um. Good. Hold on, blanking. I think no, his name it's is not Nick. Nick. Give me a oh. second. Um. I'm blanking out now. No, all I can think of is Nick. So sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I want to say Eric. Kyle. But, Kyle. I want to say Eric, but that's the actor's name is Eric Valdez. Kyle. Kyle Cushing. Um, where he's like, you know, I'm not an idiot. I did I did my research. I know what happened in these other towns that he came in right. to help. And I know it didn't always work out. But, you know, a, a chance at a better life, at, yeah. at a working at a working wage or even a sub-working wage that might eventually become a working right. wage is better than nothing. Right. And we don't know how the luxury of a cushy office job in Metropolis and a family farm that's fully paid for. That's exactly. And it was a good argument, too, because when you don't when you when you're like dirt poor and you have zero income to be offered something. This is why it's so insidious, because you are so desperate for putting food on your table and paying your bills that you will take a suboptimal to be fair. It's not really selfishness on his part. No, because a fire chief. I mean, he's not making I'm sure he's not making, you know, mid six figures. No, you don't but, go into that for the But money. a fire chief is is making he, I'm sure he's making enough to support his family and it looks like he's his his it's not like he's living in a ramshackle house on a ramshackle farm. Like yeah. they're doing okay. They're getting by. Yeah. I don't think he needs the money per se. He's worried about the town. He's worried mm-hmm. about his friends, right? Yeah. So it's not like it's not selfishness on him par- his part. He's not you know, he's not right. trying to do wrong. He's not trying to get it for himself. He's trying to help his town. He cares about his community, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that they're doing a good job adding shades to that character. But then it leads to the whole thing where she was. So she meets this new, this reporter, seemingly this reporter from the, the local Smallville paper, Chrissy Beppo. Uh-huh. Um, is she going to turn out to be a super monkey? I'm not quite sure why they would give her that, <laughs> that name. Um, uh, 
and then later, you know, Lois publishes the story against Morgan Edge, but Morgan Edge comes in and rewrites it. Yeah. Right? So there's that great scene where she does the power walk into the oh. Daily Planet and quits and leaves. And then as soon she... as the elevators opened on her face of determination, I was like, yes, <laughs> I was all in. I yeah, I'm like, enjoying seeing happening. this side of her because the version that she played, the way we saw her play Lois Lane in a couple of crossovers previous to this, she was very much like a lighter, mm-hmm. quippier version of the character sure. just because of the, in, the situations that she was in she was hanging out with her friend she was Very hanging out with true. her husband she was in these fantastical situations but seeing her be a bit more serious and determined and like seeing the reporter side of her here yeah. which obviously we've seen from many versions of Lois Lane, <laughs> the but boys haven't, but haven't seen from this version the boys at the town hall yeah well you know you know, they've been, you know they've been in that situation dozens of times where they get dragged to some social function <laughs> yep. or press briefing or something and, and they're the instantly asks. mortified by their mother making a scene yep. in the interest of truth and justice right <laughs> They're like, oh, here we go again, right? Yep. Um, oh, yeah. No, that was really so well done. Good. And so she now she's going <laughs> to work for this local Smallville paper, and she's going to get to actually... Because yeah. we were wondering last week, because I had read that she was going to be working yeah. for the local paper, and you're like, how? why would she do that? Well, I hadn't thought of the fact that she would actually have to quit, but right. it seems pretty obvious in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really I, good episode. I liked it too. Like I, I, I saw an opportunity where oh, she could publish here and publish there. And the article is an article. Content is content. If, if you, she just if she just right. took something she had written for the day, I'm right. sure her contract has all sorts of stipulations. If she took Maybe. reporting that she was paid to do by the Daily Planet and published it independently, she would probably be fired anyway. Better to quit mm. than be fired because at least then you get to walk out with your head held high and you gotta take the high road. <laughs> I love it. Bit, the right? best writing I've done since you took over is so good, so true. Um, yeah, and then you open it up and it's just two words. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Mwah. So The Flash, the season premiere, yep. it was a bit of an odd duck because I imagine, I mean, I, I think they probably rewrote some of it and shot some new stuff, but yeah. this wasn't really intended to be the season premiere, although it kind of works as one yeah, it does. in as much as Barry gets his speed back. Yes. So this, I guess, I'm a little surprised they didn't, maybe they didn't want to spoil the ending, but they really could have called this How Barry Got His Speed Back. Um, okay. You get the reference? <laughs> I mean, I kind of do, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so Barry gets his speed back here. The, the big thing here, obviously, is the sacrifice, seemingly permanent sacrifice of Nash Wells and all the Wells. All to, the Wells is... To science somehow space particles and then particles again, like yep. interfuse, infuse the multiverse they particles. They had some fun with this, Into though, the thing Because they were that, in Barry for a bit, and I was just yeah, loving how he... Yeah, he got to play he, the different oh, versions. It's yeah. so beautiful. Should look. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't quite. He did a great job. He, he didn't, did a great he didn't job. quite have the same range that that Tom Cavanaugh does. I feel like I disagree. I, there I were, think he nailed the characters that he was supposed. He to He nailed some of their mannerisms, but yeah. I don't think he quite has the vocal range because he didn't quite nail the the hairy, gruff gruffness to me. Like he just True. sounds like he's just, he just like sounded very he's talking like he's serious. Tone. Grant yeah, Gustin. Yeah. He's not. You know. Um, it still worked yeah, for he, me. Yeah, but he did it. He did a good job, and and the sacrifice at the end. I don't think Tam, Tom Cavanaugh is gone from the show. I think that this is like a temporary thing, and who knows? Maybe he'll be haunting Barry or whatever like that. And, yeah. and they could always bring back Thon too if they want Tom Cavanaugh on the show some more because he's still out there because he's yeah. not a Wells. He just happens to be wearing the face of one. Um, Quick little shout out to um, your mom who provided a translation of a, of a line that Sherlock said when he was going into the Speed Force, like at the end, when um, Harry was going through all of his uh, various personalities and each one of them was saying goodbye to Barry. Um, what he said in French wasn't translated underneath or anything, and it says, you will always be my friend. Mm-hmm. So thanks, thanks, Mom, for providing that little bit of depth and for with, that. And with Cisco and Caitlin still out and about, we got Chester and Allegra kind of being the 
the fill-in Pink yeah. Flash here and equating themselves quite well. They're mm-hmm. both series regulars now, so we're going to be seeing seeing more, more of them. Of them. Yep. Uh, then there's the big revelation with uh, Ava at the end where turns out she's been dead all along and she's just a mirror duplicate that somehow persisted. Or is she? Past, well, that's certainly what the security footage would yeah. seem to indicate. Yeah. Um, that persisted past the death of her actual body, which explains why she suddenly became evil when she became... Uh, the mirror version of mirror herself. Mirror version yeah. of herself. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a it was a good episode. See, that's the thing, though. I mean, according to her, she was locked in that prison for six years, and it turned her evil, which I kind of can understand. Like, if somebody's in that solitude, watching your partner go on with their life, and you are angry and yeah. confused, and like, I don't think she's the. I don't think she's necessarily evil because she's the mirror duplicate. Right. She just happens to be evil and a mirror duplicate. Like even the mirror Iris, though she was doing a bunch of nefarious stuff for a while, still kind of had a moment of goodness at the end yeah. as she was sort of fracturing or whatever, right? Right. So not that the mirror duplicates are inherently evil. It's all like they are, Ava created those other mirror duplicates and willed them to do evil. You know what I sure, mean? Sure, yeah. So I think the, the the shock to her is more like she's not she's not a quote-unquote real person. She's not who she thought she was. Not like, oh, now I know why I've been doing evil things because I don't think she thinks that what she's been doing is evil. Right. So I don't think that would even occur to her. Um, mm-hmm. So Black Lightning. I like, sorry, one last thing is that I like the effect and they slowed it down for you to be able to consume it. But I really enjoyed the effect of her bouncing against the mirror and then there being two reflections in the mirror going back in, you know, being thrown backwards, which I thought was very, very clever and very cool. Mm-hmm. So Black Lightning. I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. Um, a lot of stuff moves forward. So Jefferson seems like he's kind of turned the corner a little bit. Yep. Um, feel he and he and Lynn have a sit down where they kind of come clean and and try to get on the same page. Jennifer has a moment at the end where it seems like she explodes. Yeah, so we'll see what's going on with that. Um, Grace has a moment to take to don um some some superhero clothes of her own. I say clothes, her wild yeah, side. Kind of is that going to be her her name, wild or some wildcat or something uh, like that? Like, is she going to adopt? She never had a code name in the comics. She was just Grace. Yeah, but so. I mean, I think they were. Um, maybe maybe they were hinting at something with the whole like I'm requ- reclaiming my wild side, but she looked great. I think these shows have just trained you to to think that they're dropping like you're just another hints. weapon in his arsenal. Remember that? Bum, bum, like, wink. They, yeah. they make you they, you've been trained to think that they're going to drop in some clunky way and a code name for a character. I I don't think they're going to give maybe. her some code name because she's just. In the comics, they she was just great. They have to, because like even even Anissa has two code names in this one. Like, she, yeah, I mean, the show only has like eight episodes left. It's not like they're gonna have to go for years no. and years without her having a code name. Right. I think they can get by <laughs> just calling her Grace for eight, eight uh, more episodes. Maybe, but not in the field. If she's actually gonna put on some superhero stuff, which she actually got her hands dirty on this one, so I, I why not? You know, mm, maybe. Yeah, I like their whole relationship development as well. The whole moving in thing, the whole "but your stuff is gonna disrupt my vibe" thing. That's a conversation that every moving in couple has, um, especially if one person is moving into another person's already established place instead of both people coming together in a new space, which I think is a different conversation. So <laughs> that was kind of cute to see and really fun to see, and it's nice to not have so much drama surrounding it. Like they have one disagreement, but then it's kind of resolved in the same episode which is nice because that's how that's how couples should work and um i think that the lead up to jennifer exploding was interesting as well because i don't know if you noticed this but on her face like there was part fear part pleasure part 
uh, confusion and then she kind of like she was frozen and then she sort of exploded but I don't know I think she's gonna like transcend to a different realm of existence but like regain some power like she's gonna well she's become pure energy before right am I yeah. wrong about that so I, well, I, yeah she did for crisis she's gonna reincorporate or something and yeah I don't think uh, I don't think it's I don't think she's gone gonna, for good or anything no no definitely not it's just that uh, it's going to be hard to reconstitute her in some way or she's going to have to find her way back by herself in some adventurous way. And then the whole Tobias Whale thing is very, very good. Like seeing a smart villain do machinations and using other villains as pawns. Why don't you hold clever. your big press conference yeah. in, the, in the middle of this empty field with like five hobos? And the mayor's like, you that's a great idea. You could see the markings on COVID. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see that. But... Like how many how many of those extras do you think these were ten, actually crew? These ten homeless people will care about your new multi billion dollar energy weapon police initiative. I wish that they had some CG around that, like CG in a crowd or something. Like they 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 really yeah, because you could have a press conference. No reporters, anywhere. no cameras, and no lights, no nothing. In the middle no of the nothing. night, in the middle of the night, in the middle of a field. That I didn't understand. In, it's in, like in a hobo you jungle. Can do it during the day. Yeah. Um, so the so the finale of WandaVision, so we didn't talk about last week. Last week's episode was previously on, which is the one where Agnes, Agatha, nay Agnes, <laughs> yes. walks her through all the various <laughs> moments of trauma in her life with the through line being like the sitcoms that she watched to sort of comfort herself. Yep. We see her and Pietro as kids. We see the, the much ballyhooed described in, in various movies, bomb that falls on her family yep. and doesn't go off. We see actually, we learn for the first time, this is a massive retcon, but we learn for the first time that she actually had, it's strongly implied, if it's not outright stated, implied. that she had reality altering powers from birth, but they were sort of mostly dormant, dormant. until she was exposed to the trauma mind stone i always get that one wrong mind stone right yes, yes. and loki scepter in the tesser um yeah. which sort of awakened her powers and she had this vision of seeing herself as the scarlet witch and she got her powers became sort of full-blown right and i guess we're to believe that she subconsciously used her new powers to protect her brother so that he would survive yep. being exposed to the stone also although a, a lot of stuff with her brother i really you really feel like they, they really could have used having used, aaron taylor johnson yes. in this one and you kind of feel his absence here because it's almost like he was it's almost it like was he's perfect, retconned out yeah. of these scenes. Like I don't think he's even mentioned in the in the a lot of those past scenes where she's being experimented on by Hydra. Um we see a lovely scene between her and Vision shortly after the events of Age of Ultron, where she's still moving into the Avengers compound and he comes in and they have that great conversation where they're watching Malcolm in the middle and he has that great line, What is what is grief but love persevering, right? Which is already it's on so a, th good. a thousand T shirts. Yep. Um and yeah. deviant arts, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have the big finale episode where... What a good line. Whoever wrote that, good job. Yeah. Where it's basically Wanda versus, Wanda versus Agatha, Vision versus <laughs> White Vision. Yep. Uh, Haywood versus Darcy's circus truck. Yes! Someone pointed, out, <laughs> someone pointed out that the very first time we see her in Thor is her hitting Thor... With, with their cut with their with the RV. This <laughs> is so like Very it's good. like her thing. She just she just moves the plot forward by hitting people with cars. Um, have fun in jail. Appar I love apparently, it. <laughs> they wrote and shot more stuff of her, and because you really feel like Monica, to a certain degree, but especially Darcy, but yeah. especially Bart, but especially Darcy didn't really have as much to do in it's, the finale as you would have thought. True, that was literally yeah. her only scene. Apparently, there was a whole sequence where Darcy and Monica and Ralph nay pietro oh right um go into agatha's secret magic dungeon 
and uh-huh. and and get some and find some information there that's going to help Wanda. And there's a whole thing where like Agatha's rabbit actually turns out to be a demon that attacks them or something. Like they wrote and shot all of this, but they couldn't finish it. Oh, I gather because of COVID, so yeah. they had to lose all of that. Okay. So now Monica doesn't really do much except kind of turn intangible and protect the kids a little. Yeah. And Darcy just hits Hayward with her car for five seconds. So I I kind of felt like I felt like, should I have more to do there? I would have liked to have them do more, but honestly, their contribution was pretty solid. Yeah, I I didn't miss it as much in, at the time, but afterwards, I'm like, yeah. man, Darcy just kind of disappeared from the story. I know. No. Um, Monica, you don't feel as much because she gets the post-credit scene. So you still feel like she had important stuff that moved her arc forward, right? right. But yeah, it's basically like Wanda versus Agatha, Vision versus White Vision. The Visions have that wonderful ship of Theseus conversation. Which I rightly called was from the comics. <laughs> and, then, and then Vision does a thing where he kind of awakens all of his, or I guess you could say, because neither of them are really the original Vision. No. The original Vision is gone. gone. What you've got here is basically like a magical recreation of his and, soul and a reanimated and, yeah. android body with some of the residual programming. Yeah. But our Vision basically restores all of White Vision's memories of the original Vision yeah. and maybe transfers a little bit of Soul Stone mojo into him if the brief flash of yellow Mind where stone. his stone would be. Yeah, Mind sorry, stone, I keep yeah. doing that. Yeah. Uh, the, whereas... Um, Infinity Stone should be yeah. is to be any indication so yeah. he goes off to presumably appear in future movies um, Wanda takes all of has this cool moment where she puts the the runes on the yes. hex so that she is the only one that's allowed to do magic there she takes all of Agus's magic into herself fully becomes the Scarlet Witch with the costume and the little headdress yep. thing and everything um, Which she had seen as a vision of herself when she first encountered yeah. the, the Mind Stone. But so then, as Agatha explains to her, she can't... So basically, over the course of the series, she's come to realize that obviously what she's doing to all of these people in the town is wrong. But the problem is that when you... As, as the rules that are laid out in this episode, when you cast a spell, the rules for it are set. And because she cast the cell spell without really understanding what she was doing or really even meaning to, she right. didn't really think through the repercussions. So there's no way to remove the hex wall and give these people back their lives without also causing her husband and kids to disappear. Because yeah. it's all, they all come from, they all spring from the same original spell, the rules of which are set. Um, so if she's going to give these people back her li- their lives, which she realizes now she has to do because of everything she's worked through over the series, right. her family has to go. So we get this lovely scene of the wall is receding, coming yep. towards them. I guess it's sort of their their house is sort of like at the, the center, center of the whole thing. Well, it um, is. I mean, that's literally they, the foundation. They put of the their house, kids yeah. to bed. They say good night to them. They go downstairs. They have one last scene where they're at the window and they're watching the red wall come towards them. And they, you know, they, they tell each other how they feel. And then they're, it's all gone. And you and know. I just thought it was a beautiful thing. Like this is not goodbye. Like stands to reason that we'll see each other. Again. And I we'll and I'm like, again. we Aww. haven't seen the end of these darn kids. I there's no way that mm-hmm. they would go to all this trouble to to create them under these extreme circumstances and establish their characters and that they have powers and all this other stuff yep. and then just have them disappear. Yep. We've kept. We managed to keep Vision around in some form. Like I I, I was fifty fifty on that. Like either this is his swan song. Yep. Or they're gonna. They're going to keep him around, but it'll be in some altered state so that you still feel like there was a cost to his death in Infinity War. And that's what they did. Like there's this new vision out there who has his memories, but is seemingly way less human and might mm-hmm. not even have a soul or a true mind in that sense. Maybe not even a sort of emotional connection to any of his old friends or Wanda. Right. So we'll right. see where that goes. Um But at the end of this, she's the Scarlet Witch. She gets the Darkhold, this big mystical book 
mm-hmm. that we've seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and other stuff from Agatha. She goes off to her cabin, Bruce Banner, at the end of the Incredible Hulk style yeah. to, to study in, in solitude. I love the astral projections yeah. uh, scene, too, because like she, unlike uh, Strange, who was studying at using astral projection to study while he was asleep which is typically how you astral project like you have to put your body into kind of a state of stasis and most commonly like you can do that during your sleep i mean this is this is all comic book science and magic science so forgive me for being so (laughs) precise about this but she literally like she's up she's walking around she's getting her tea she's like functioning in the other room and then she has an astral form who is studying the dark hold and then we hear... Well, the camera pulls in on her. We hear, apparently, I didn't notice this, but other people have pointed out, we hear the first, first few strains of Doctor Strange's theme as the camera pulls in on her, setting up the fact that we're going to be following her shortly in his next movie. And it pulls in on her, and we hear all these sort of magical sounds and voices and stuff, and mm-hmm. all, all these the sensory input she's experiencing. And then, rising above the din, we hear the voices of her kids calling out for her to help them. And she's like, <gasps> and that's where it, that's where it that's cuts. Where it so, stops, yeah. so... Her kids are, so who knows whether she's, so again, the, the turned out there wasn't any multiverse stuff here. The Quicksilver thing was a complete fake out. Yep. Um, but I'm okay with that. that's not to say that this new magical power she has doesn't allow her to perceive things through the multiverse. She might be hearing her kids out there somewhere in the multiverse calling for their version of their mother. Or this might be the version of her kids that, you know, the whole thing, like nothing can ever be created or destroyed, only changed, right? Like that's energy. But what if it applies to magic too or whatever, right? Like yeah. her kids... They 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 were so powerful in the sh- brief time that they existed that yeah the spell that originally created them is gone but their essence or whatever still persists somewhere out there in the force or who like who knows right they could write it in a million different ways sure and and you know she's going to have to go to Stark uh, just just like I predicted she's going to have to go to Doctor Strange and say what you know up? I want my I you need to help me get my kids back right. basically and that's why she hangs out with him for that movie assuming she's not going to be. I guess it's also possible that she becomes the villain of that movie, right? Like she, yeah, but I feel true. like I feel like the arc of this is that she's learned her lesson, right? Like right. a lot of people were like, "Oh, she's researching the book at the end to try to find a way to bring her kids back." And it's like that's no. that that's not her arc. Her arc was she understands by the end of this that it's too too high a price yeah. on herself, her own soul and psyche, and the lives of other people to keep putting her grief ahead of everyone else. Like yes. she lets them go at the end. Yeah. She's just trying to understand her new powers at the yeah. end and the voices come to her, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not like she was trying to find a way to bring them back but safely this time. Yeah. That would imply like she didn't learn her lesson. Exactly. I don't like the interpretation that she's trying but, to bring her but who, back. I don't think but so. But who knows? Just because it started from a benign place doesn't mean she's going to once again go too far in the Doctor Strange movie. I mean, in the comics, she goes too far a lot. <laughs> um, but in the comics, you know, they've got so many years of history and they have to tell so many stories that obviously... The characters repeat certain sure. tropes over and over again, whereas the movies have a much more clean through line because right. they only tell a handful of stories about a given character before so the actor doesn't to... want to do it anymore. <laughs> so you don't necessarily have to repeat the same beats over and over right. again. Yeah. Um, and we all assume that presumably Mordo is going to be the villain of Doctor Strange 2 based mm-hmm. on the way his character was left at the first one. So it's, I guess, going to be them teaming up to travel the multiverse and stop him. Um yeah, and then we get the the other post credit scene of Monica meeting w- with a scroll 
posing as a sword agent and telling her that someone she, up there in space wants to wants to uh, wants to talk to her and we're all assuming it's fury yeah i'm wondering though like I, I said this to you off mic but i said okay so there were only like three people who witnessed her having powers in the first place and not only that but like you 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 told me what you told me is that yeah but it was a military personnel and they could have had their own memories and and you know sort of reported back quickly enough for that for fury to have gotten wind of it gotten scent of it but i was thinking okay an old friend of your mom so it's definitely fury because it's not going to be carol danvers herself um and it's going to be um it's and and do, so does nick fury know that she has powers but i don't think that's possible because she only manifested them like well, sure i mean in the last episode but it's it's hours or a day later or whatever this scroll person called up fury's like oh by the way this woman you told me to keep an eye on has totally has superpowers now what do you want me to do and he's like yeah bring her up right like they right. could have talked in the interim we don't know what this how this yeah, works we don't know and is. we don't know how fa- um how proton is going to be introduced uh so is she going to go by proton or captain proton well, <laughs> captain proton is, is a different thing i no, know but her mother's still. call sign was photon photon she's Sorry. been everything from captain marvel to well she's never been captain marvel she's been everything from ms marvel to um to photon to spectrum in the comics but i imagine they established oh, her mother her mother's call sign is photon in the first movie because they, they were going to yeah. give that to her mm-hmm. as a way of honoring her mother I'm assuming that she's going to be Photon. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, so I, I suspect that we're going to get, if especially since what you said is true, like when they're making the movies, they have to assume that not everybody has, you know, subscribed to HT, HBO Max and made, or is that the service? Disney that Plus. We, Disney Plus, right. Uh, to Disney Plus and like watch all these shows with us, you know. So they can't assume that you know monica rambo's story they might like reference some of it in the movie but i think they have to explain themselves for the general audience again so yeah i'm, I'm excited to see what they do they, they do good work they're really good at so, what they do so this week we have a behind the scenes special on kind of like a disney get like the disney gallery the mandalorian ones but for wandavision and then next week falcon and, well you know oh, yeah, not yeah. this week but next week you know right. 10 days from now uh falcon and winter soldier start <sighs> Very, very cool. Very cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Good show. Okay, so if you want to reach out, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. On Twitter, we are at smartspodcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our website is www.smartspodcast.com. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. Um, I mean, light doesn't make a sound, so I'm just going to do... There you go. <laughs> <laughs>